Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, more tests when they get back to L.A. Uh, hurt his thumb, swatting at the ball midway through the first quarter. So he stayed in the game for a while, then left. Looks like early indications are that it's a sprained thumb, which is a nuisance, but nothing serious. But, of course, we'll have to undergo more tests to be certain. And I think the Lakers, you know, th- that's an injury, obviously, that any player, regardless of age, uh, is subject to, but I think um, the Lakers' depth, there's a good chance their depth will be uh, challenged this year by the fact that they do have, uh, in some ways, an older roster. A little bit, and I think, you know, they they got Anthony Davis to pair with LeBron James, certainly, but they also got him, I thought, to where you have, you know, if one of those guys goes down, you can still win. Because last year, LeBron went down and they just couldn't beat anybody. Like, it went from, hey, this could be a playoff team, top four team in the West, to they could not beat anybody once he went down, and then you know he wanted to trade all the young guys away, and it, it just created this awful scenario. But I, I think if they end up in a spot where maybe they don't have both of those guys for a period of time, like they might not win a single game over that stretch. So I think it's something to keep an eye on because LeBron hasn't really had injury concerns until last year. Last year, a significant one. But Anthony Davis has had to miss time every year. That could end up being the... You know, the trade that benefits both teams. And I'm so happy for Alvin Gentry. That was such a difficult situation for a coach to be in last year, where his best player has asked out and isn't playing, and Alvin Gentry just answered the questions, and now he, he, they get a new GM, and he gets to keep his job, and he's got all this talent coming in. It's not going to be an easy job assembling this team. Zion's incredible, but you know that team has a lot of defensive questions. But I'm very happy that a guy who's a good guy and a good coach is uh, landing on his feet here. Yeah, and the, the league, promising Pelicans. The league made the Pelicans play him. The Pelicans were, you know, there was ah, we'll just sit him out. He didn't want to be here. We'll sit him out. And the league stepped in, and I know you get, no, you're got to play him, which made it all the more awkward, right? Which, so I, I'm with and you. risky for them. And there were times where he would play, and just watching them being a you know a league pass junkie as I am. They would play harder when he wasn't in the game. Like they had a bunch of games where they would just kind of go through the motions, and then he would sit out, and the rest of those guys would rise up and and play big time basketball. And he wouldn't, and he wouldn't even be playing a lot of times at the end. It was it was really a weird, it was a weird dynamic. But I think the other players on that roster actually deserve some credit for for gritting it out when he wasn't there. Now, just so I can clarify where you are in Paul George. <laughs> Would he be on your all overrated team? Yeah, okay. I think he is overrated. I think he are we going to be gonna, good and still be overrated? Yeah, no, you can. He would be he would be on the all overrated team for me. Most definitely. I have a guy who would be on my overrated team and I think it'd be controversial and I think a lot of people would disagree. Luka Doncic. Ooh. To me so far, I need to see a little more from him. I think last year the Luka Doncic hype got a little exaggerated. Well, this is going to be a a big test. Yes, for for that this season coming up because if he is, if he is superstar elite of the elite 
year two, yeah. he's going to have to lead them to 500. Yeah, I know it's that was his first year in the league. I understand all that. No, it's, I could see that. I'm I'm not willing to go there yet, but I could see where you might think that. Uh, our guy Steiny, Matt Steinmetz, hear him here ten to two, ninety five seven the game. He he thinks Trey Young's a better player than Doncic. Really, and like already, and will have a better career. Which I don't know that I'd go that far, but he yeah, he's all in on Trey Young. I like that. I'm not willing to go there yet either on Trey Young. That was a tough year for Trey Young. Made some strides, but I just think he, uh, he was actually Don't really good. Mania last year, I think, was yeah. um, uh, really overhyped. Trey Young got a lot better mm-hmm. as the as the year went on. A lot better. To where, I mean, he was even in the conversation. I think you know for rookie of the year right, at the end. Right. But he he got a lot. I mean, he didn't he. They played the Warriors last year in in November. The early part of the year it was the game where where Draymond Green got suspended uh, for the night before in in L. A. That you know with Kevin Durant that whole deal. Uh, and Trey Young just looked like he couldn't make a shot, was lost, was small. I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know if he's going to – I mean, he looked awful. But by the end of the year, he was creating. He was knocking down shots, making plays. He's he's going to be a good player. Yes. He, I mean, yeah, already I'm already on that. Player. I'd take Trey Young over Doncic. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We're gonna go, we might have to go – give me your most overrated players. 888 Triple eight nine five seven. Russell Westbrook, right? Well, we're gonna get a lot of Westbrook, Harden, Chris Paul. It, it you're is most Harden overrated. You're most well. We're if we're asking Warrior fans. Yeah, I understand that. Right, but well, is you he? Know what? Let, let's kick that around okay. here before we get to Mark Medina. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I do have Paul George on my all overrated team. Whitey's got Luka Doncic. Just give us your overrated and maybe an underrated player. There you go. Be a little more positive about it, sure. It's Warriors this week with J.D. and Whitey in 95.7 The Game. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. J.D. and Whitey rolling along here on a beautiful Saturday morning and, and on into the afternoon here in the city. J.D., who's taking the last shot for the Clippers, Kawhi or Paul George? The answer is Lou Williams. The answer is Kawhi. <laughs> the answer is, I, I think I'd rather have Patrick Beverly take the last what? shot than Paul George. Wow, you are down on Paul George. He's a damn good player. I damn just, good player. I just don't like, I just, I just don't like his demeanor on the court. There's just something about him rubs me the wrong way. Like he's overrated. He's the hype. There's just I don't know. It's just there's something there. Like people think he's better than he is. So a good player, but not as good as he thinks. Kind of like what Shaq rapped about Damian Lillard. What's in your wallet? Mastercard or Visa? You act like you're LeBron, but you're not even Trevor Ariza, right? That's, is that kind of what we're talking about. That's funny, but that's that's not exactly what we're talking about. I'd take Damian Lillard over Paul George. Damian Lillard's good. That's another. That's another He's, one. Damian Lillard is a borderline great player. I always and I and maybe it's come, or maybe maybe he's peaked. But I've I've said, and I think he's still only twenty nine. But the last couple of years, I've I've thought he might have that Steph explosion year, like that year that like Curry had. What was it, two thousand fifteen, sixteen? Where it's just like, oh my god, this guy's not only good, he is. Just ungodly good. Well, it's funny how players in different sports, sometimes they do one thing, and it's always burned in your mind thereafter. And for me, 
Damian Lillard, the shot he made to beat the Thunder, oh. and then he waves bye-bye to Westbrook. That's I will never forget that. I will never forget that. It was awesome because Paul George was guarding Damian Lillard, <laughs> and I actually think he was waving bye-bye to Paul George. Oh, really? Yeah, that's just how I'm going to choose to. That's just how I've chosen to view it. Like, yeah. See you later, Paul George. How, how far was that shot? Oh, it was it was thirty-eight Man. feet? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was just deep, and you got to have a little something to Absolutely. even take that shot. Yeah. And and yeah, to take it and just drill it. And he's had some game winners. Like Damian Lillard's had some game winners. He had the one against Houston in the playoffs that was deep, uh, that ended that series. Uh, he's had a few. I think there was one in Denver he hit a couple of years back with Portland, just a just a crazy one. So he's he's had a few of them. But yeah, no, D- Damian Lillard actually is on the. If you're just going through, like, he he actually might be my favorite player in the whole league. Yeah, he he's up there. Thank you. Thirty-seven footer. Thirty-seven footer. Thank you, Ryan. Was that Bobby? Whoever it was. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan yeah. and Bobby. Yeah, it's a Ryan and Bobby production. They're quite a crew back there. Yeah, doing a great job. So yeah, no, Lillard. Lillard would be the. I I feel the opposite way about Lillard that I do about Paul George. I'm with you. I just I'm not as down on George uh, as you are, but um, but yeah, there's no question. Dame Lillard. I like I say to me, borderline great player. Four oh eight puts it succinctly and I think appropriately here, Whitey. Chilton Auto Body text line. What has Paul George actually done in this league? <laughs> well, he's been what a six-time All Star. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not nothing. He's put up numbers, but I know you're saying what has he won? What has he actually well, accomplished? Yeah, and I don't like to be that guy either. But it, it, in terms of well, you haven't won a championship, so you stink. I, I'm I don't I, I'm against that. I just I don't know. This year's going to tell a lot. I may have to stand down if it works, and he's a one A player. And and they win a championship, then I'm probably going to owe Paul George an apology come come June twentieth. Here's what I'll say against Paul George: the year that they got swept by the Cavs, which I think was his last year there, if I'm not mistaken, um, they got swept, and his body language was very bad. I think there was one game where they they nearly won at the end; they had a, a chance to win, and he didn't get the ball, and. He, he there was a lot of talk about him. Is he a good leader? And he was visibly on the court. He showed his frustration and disappointment at not getting the ball. And that's just a bad look. Yeah, that's it, a really that's not leadership. No, and I, and I don't like that. And he and he brings that to the table every day. But he doesn't have to be that guy with the Clippers. Nah, you know you, who you that don't, guy is. You don't until you do. I mean, the ball still could find you, or not find you. How are you going to handle it when it doesn't find you? Give it to Lou Williams. Give it to Kawhi. Yeah. Give it. Give it to Zubats. <laughs> Actually, don't give it to him. There was the the funniest moment I thought of the entire playoffs happened in I think it was Game One. Actually, it was the first six minutes of the Warriors Clippers series in the first round. Is Zubats got beat on a he got beat on a backdoor for a dunk and he got beat on another play and the, and the Warriors got off to a, a good start and and. This was like five minutes into the playoffs, and it stuck with me for, throughout the whole playoffs. Doc Rivers called a timeout, and, and Zubats is going back toward the bench, and Doc Rivers runs out from the, from the Clippers bench, and he looks right at Zubats, and he just goes, WTF. <laughs> like, right, like, and he kind of grabs him, WTF, like, like twice in a row. And just, I was thinking, wow, like, this guy is not 
not ready to play, not ready in this moment. But it was also a big like, uh, like Doc Rivers, like yeah, Doc Rivers. Good coaching right there. WTF right off the jump. Can I give you um, a couple of underrated candidates? Yeah, let's, me, let's one do of these it. Guys, yeah, let's do it. And then we have some calls. Okay, too. one of these guys I've had people say, no, he's he's an all, he's been an all star. You can't say he's underrated. But I've always thought Al Horford was a little underrated. Mm, yeah, yeah, and uh, Robert Covington, I would suggest. Although I've always thought Robert Covington was underrated. Although I'm not sure what he's doing with Minnesota. Yeah, he, he, it seems like that's. Seems like he's kind of fallen off. Yeah, he's maybe between stops there. The yeah. the, the map a, a little bit uh, there. Uh, uh, Draymond Green's always on that list, I think, in terms of underrated. Some might say overrated. Yeah, I that's a non warrior. Non war. You, you could almost make an argument both ways. Well, it's because he does things that people, unless you really know the game, he does a lot of things that people don't recognize, and he's done it in. You know, under the brightest spotlight, but still, there are a lot of people that see him play and don't realize everything that he's contributing. In that sense, I think he's going to always be underrated because he does so much. I don't even want to say dirty work, but so many of the subtle things that that help you win. Mark Medina is going to join us here in about five minutes uh, on ninety-five-seven. The game. Let's get to some calls though. We got a lot of people that want to squawk about yeah. overrated and underrated. Uh, let's get to Robin though. Robin in the city. Is up uh, next here on ninety five seven the game. Hey Robin. Hey you guys, what it do? Can you hear me? Can oh yeah. You, the guy who answered. Okay, listen, I got two quick points, Whitey. Um, I want you to correct me uh, if I'm wrong, and, and I want to address Paul George. You said that the uh, Clippers, you can kind of see being like the Warriors. Well, I, I don't see that. I, I like, I don't like the Clippers. I don't like anything in LA. But if I had to choose, I, I, I like them, their team overall. But. I, I see the teams being constructed uh, to win, not, not just this team, but all the teams that have paired together, except the young ones, to win right now. If you look at the Lakers roster, it's old. If you look at the Clippers roster, where's the youth at? I don't see where the dominance is going to come, like the Warriors did, to even compare them for the next five years. I could look at teams like Denver, maybe even hopefully New Orleans. I can see that maybe being potential dominance because I don't see the youth constructed in these teams right now that are pairing. That's one thing. So you correct me if I'm wrong. The second thing I want to say is I do think Paul George is overrated. I'm the one who texted in that he lacks passion. I want to give you a quick story, J.D. My daughter is a basketball player. She's an athlete, and she has all these accolades, but she had no desire to go to the WNBA. She was just an athlete because it was intrinsic in her, and that's what she felt everyone was supposed to do. That's kind of, maybe Paul George isn't that far, but that's kind of what I see in him. He's just kind of, I'm an athlete, and this is what I do, whatever, but I don't see that real basketball passion, like this is what I eat, breathe, like I do others. I also used to see that in Dwight Howard. That's just what my opinion is. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Robin. Yeah. And I I was exaggerating to make a point about the Lakers, excuse me, about the Clippers. Yeah, I know that I'm not saying, I did say, oh, the Clippers this year, we already know they're going to win it. Of course, we don't know that. I was just exaggerating. Having some fun. Uh, Thank you, Robin, for the uh, clarification. Chill not about a text line. I agree with this one wholeheartedly. Actually, there's two an underrated and an overrated. And the underrated is Joe Ingles of the Jazz. I think, I think he's, he's pretty good. And the overrated is Devin Booker. I think mm. Devin Booker's overrated. He puts up empty numbers. Empty empty calories everywhere for Devin Booker. And I don't think we're ever going to know how good he is 
until maybe he's on another team. But I just he just I, I don't like him at all. And Joe Angles is a classic case of a guy who makes those threes, and you know that fans of the other teams are going, "Who is that guy?" Yes. Just over and over. Who who is that guy? Exactly, and just and he kills the Warriors yeah, too. He's clutch. Big time against them. Miguel in San Francisco. Miguel, you're on 95.7 The Week. It's war, uh, Warriors this week uh, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up? You, I, I think you guys are dead wrong about Paul George. Um, I mean, you, you got to look at this guy. He takes no bad shots. Um, you can't fault the brother for being cool. Uh, <laughs> but I will say an overrated player, I'll go with Anthony Davis. We don't really know what he can do postseason, and um, I don't think he likes contact. I don't really think he's that tough, so you need that in the playoffs. So uh, that's all I got. All right, appreciate Ooh, it, Miguel. I'm taking. I think it's fair to to wonder about Anthony Davis, but I'm taking Anthony Davis fifty times out of fifty over Paul George. Still, Anthony Davis. It's fair to question his postseason resume, although they do have that sweep over the uh, Pelicans. Excuse me, over the Trailblazers. To their credit. Um, but he's just such a unique talent. He's just such an incredibly unique talent. Uh, he's not overrated. Anthony Davis is not overrated. And how can we be? How can we be wrong about Paul George when we're disagreeing? When JD says he's overrated, yeah, you I love say, Paul George. Can, yeah, how can we? How can we both be wrong when we're disagreeing? And I, I will take exception to Miguel saying he doesn't take bad shots. He does take bad shots. He does take bad shots, and he has just he has games where it's there's too many. There's too many seven for eighteens. There's too many. He's a good shooter, though, Jay. I, I know, but there's just too many games. It's it. I, I think it's feast or famine. I think he has games where he's great, and and it averages out. But I think he has games where he's great, and I think he has games where he's terrible. And I don't think there's a lot of the uh, in between. He was just good. I think he's either great or terrible. I think if he's healthy, he's going to have a great year this year because going from playing with Russ and dealing with the way Russ plays to going to playing with Kawhi. I think his game, I think, is going to blossom. Let's get to Carlos. Carlos is up next here on 95.7 The Game before Mark Medina joins the program. Hey, Carlos. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good, good. I'm, I'm going to give you one of each. Uh, I think the most overrated definitely uh, will be Chris Paul. Uh, that contract with the Rockets was ridiculous a few years ago. Way too much for, for him. He was already getting older, uh, wasn't playing as good. Uh, and underrated, I would I would have to say definitely uh, McCollum from the Trailblazers is definitely underrated. That's a good one. I think Lillard takes a lot of the spot. Lillard takes a lot of uh, of the of the you know the bright spots, and uh, but he's definitely a good player, guys. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, appreciate the call, Carlos. Yeah, CJ McCollum would be on my underrated team. He had to, he had a really bad slump last year, but he came out of it towards the end of the year. Yeah, and they've been. I think one of the the, the big keys the last few years for Portland. Has been that you know they've had time where where one of those guys McCollum and Lillard one of them's been out and the other one's been able to step in and and they've still been able to win when when they haven't had both of them which I think is that's a big reason why you look up every year and they're the three seed seemingly the only reason he's uh, underrated is because they're playing in Portland right yeah probably and he's a little overshadowed by his and, he, and he's mate. small yeah yeah he you know he's he's you know both of those guys are not you know the the biggest. You know, McCollum's playing the two, and and he's a, he's small for a two. As much as that doesn't really—that's a great call right there, though, on CJ McCollum. Yeah, McCollum's definitely definitely a guy. All right, let's get to uh, our next guest joining us via the dial pad guest line. 
It is USA Today's Mark Medina. He joins us here on 95.7 The Game. It's Warriors this week. Uh, Mark, uh, how are you? Thanks for coming on. J.D., thanks for having me. Always fun. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, I, I knew that once training camp starts, things are going to be busy, but I did not anticipate that one of the things I'd be writing about would be about international relations with China and all that, Ooh. but that's what the NBA is these days, right? Yeah, and, and I know the, the Lakers are, are at the forefront of this. The Warriors have become at the forefront of this. I mean, a, a lot of teams have. Where, where do things kind of stand right now as far as the league and, and, and who stands to maybe lose in this thing big picture? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question, J.D., because my colleague, and, uh, Jeff Dogan and I, we were talking to different people around the league, and, you know, this is a conservative estimate because the NBA hasn't disclosed the exact numbers, but um, they're making at least $500 million, if not more, because of their relationship in China, and that's going to go down significantly. It already has because of, you know, some of the promotional events that China's canceled. You know, there's been some shoe companies. Anta, most notably in the Bay with Clay Thompson, Kevin Kevon Looney, that they're not renewing partnerships. And so I think now that these slate of preseason games are over, the next question is going to be, okay, well, what's next? Will time help heal the wounds? Will there be future preseason games? Uh, will there be more endorsement companies that withdraw? I don't think anyone really has the clear answers on that, but I think because of what happened ever since Daryl Morey had that tweet, um, about Hong Kong, uh, I think all options are almost on the table. Mark, if uh, Commissioner Silver had it to do over again, do you think his initial reactions to Daryl Morey's tweet, would they would they be any different? Yeah, I, I definitely think they would be. I mean, hence he had a few statements after the fact. And I think if he had to do it over again, what he would have said from the jump is, look, this Daryl Morey speaks for himself, but – well, we're not going to get on him for exercising his American right of having a freedom of speech. Um, and I think, you know, as much as the NBA has gotten criticism, some fair, some not, of, you know, the reluctance to really speak out on the elephant in the room regarding, you know, China's human rights issues and whether it's good to do business with them, you know, Adam Silver eventually got to the point where he stood his ground and said, look, we love China as a business partner, but I'm not going to, you know, uh, get on a colleague about his freedom of expression. And if that means that there's going to be loss in revenue, they have to deal with it. And I think the other component with this is that, you know, the NBA, unlike some of the other major professional sports in the NBA, or in, in the U.S., their revenue lies a lot on their international draw, whether it's preseason trips in China, their new trip to India, just the general audience here. And in the U.S., like, it's kind of a have and have not. It's very popular in certain markets. Certain markets, no one really cares. Sometimes it's more about the stars or wait till the playoffs. So I think because of this incident, it should really hammer home that there should be a further push in trying to incentivize the importance of American consumers wanting to watch you know, the games on a consistent basis. Mark, could could there be a point where the salary cap is actually affected by this moving forward? I know I've, I've read a couple of different pieces where that's been kind of speculated. I mean, I mean, could it get to that point where because of the total revenue, it, it changes to where teams have to alter their future plans? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, they, they'd never released the salary cap projections until sometime in June, so we won't know the exact figures then. But, yeah, I think 
when you're looking at the, the latest collective bargaining agreement, they've always negotiated among the players' union and, and the owners what slice of the pie are they going to get in, in basketball-related income. Well, basketball-related income uh, involves everything under the sun, whether it's merchandising, ticket sales, and that's a significant chunk that's coming from China. So, yeah, everyone's going to be feeling the pinch, whether it's because certain guys have endorsement deals over there or the BRI in general. So uh, it's not a, a good time for the league at all. Mark Medina with us, NBA writer for USA Today. Uh, speaking of China, we know Anthony Davis was injured today. Obviously, it's difficult from here to know what's going on, but what can you tell us about uh, Anthony Davis's injury today in China? Yeah, well, he's going to have uh, you know diagnostic tests on his uh, right thumb. He sprained it during the preseason game earlier today um, in Shenzhen. Uh, the thing, the reality is this: that from my understanding, there wasn't like an X-ray machine over there, oh boy. Um, and I don't know if that had to do with you know China's whole stance on things. I think it may have had to just do with logistics, but. Um, they're not really sure how serious it's going to be until they get back to L.A. and they're scheduled to get back sometime later tonight. And then it, you know, they're going to have off tomorrow. Um, it, it remains up in the air whether there's going to be any kind of shoot around availability on Monday before their preseason game against the Warriors at Staples Center in L.A. Um, so we're not exactly sure when there's going to be clarity. With Anthony's thumb, uh, I think their hope is that with time healing some wounds, that'll help, and the fact that they'll have more clarity once they have the exact equipment. But I think regardless of that, it illustrates a larger concern that, hey, maybe this is just a preseason injury, nothing serious. But when you're talking about Anthony Davis and his injury history, uh, the Lakers should not take this lightly. And for all the things they've made, done this offseason with getting him, getting a, a lot better players that suit LeBron James' style of play. Uh, the reality is they're an injury or two away of they don't really have enough reinforcements to be a contender. So, you know, all eyes, rightfully so, in L.A. are going to be on AD's health moving forward. Now, Mark, I know you, you spent a, a time with the Lakers and, and time with the Warriors and, and time with the Clippers as well yeah. uh, as as part of your new role. How how are things Coming together for the Clippers. I know that's a team that many have as the the favorite in the Western Conference. How how is Kawhi and and Paul George and everybody getting acclimated there? Yeah, well, Kawhi Leonard uh, just appeared in his first Clippers uh, preseason game Thursday. Um, he only played eleven minutes, but he showed a lot of good things. I mean, the most important thing it's his health. He checked off everything that we know about Kawhi Leonard, but I think an interesting wrinkle is this, uh, J.D. One, he's he played a little bit as a playmaker, and I think that that's something that the Clippers are going to use in their wheelhouse, where um, kind of like the Lakers, they're not going to have a default guy that's running the offense. And number two, for Kawhi Leonard's standards, it sounds like he's pretty vocal with guys on the team. Like, he's... I saw on the court he was, you know, getting on guys for mistakes, pumping them up, talking on the bench. Um, I mean, everyone knew Kawhi Leonard's a good player, but you never really saw this side of his personality. Um, but the other side of the coin with the Clippers is Paul George. Um, he's not going to be a playing at all at any point in training camp. Uh, and Doc Rivers had said the other day he's not even going to do contact. It's just non-contact at this point. So if you connect the dots, J.D., I think you could probably pencil him out for at least the five, first five, six games of the season. Certainly not going to be there for the Warriors season opener against the Clippers at Chase Center. So I think when you're looking at this wild, wild west, um, 
I put the Clippers as a favorite, you know, for the whole season, but there might be a chance for other teams to kind of take advantage of the fact that Paul George isn't going to be there right off the gate and maybe some acclimation period with all the new pieces, while some of the other teams that have the continuity can kind of make up some ground pretty early on. Speaking of other teams, Mark, is Utah, in your estimation, a serious, serious contender in the West? Yeah, I, I mean, I have two the both L.A. teams, the, the Clippers and the Lakers, as the favorite. I think one of them is going to the NBA Finals. I'd handicap it to the Clippers. It'll be decided in a Western Conference Finals in L.A. But I think Utah would be number three or number four. Um, and I think the reason is that they have a really firm identity with continuity, but they also have some new pieces, Mike Conley most notable. And I think that... Their identity is a really good blend of just grittiness, uh, really good defense led by Rudy Gobert, but their offense is really humming. Like They're a really good three-point shooting team. They can run pretty well at a good pace. It's just a matter of they don't have like those superstar kind of players. They have some of the, the guys in the second tier, like Conley and Rudy Gobert and maybe Donovan Mitchell, but I think that they have a lot of good role players and a lot of good coaching and continuity that can really, I think, uh, give them a chance to bide some time in the West because even if both L.A. teams are the favorite, maybe some of the things that are going against them is, hey, there's a lot of new faces, a lot of integration process they have to get through, where Utah, it's a matter of just plugging in a few players while everyone else is used to the system. Mark, great stuff as always. We really appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, J.D., always love it. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you in L.A. at some point. Yeah. They're only playing the Warriors like 80 times next week. <laughs> I know. I, I can't. We, we did a show together when that schedule came out. I think you noticed it, it just kind of looking at, at different things. Or the Lakers sent out the press release maybe, and you're like, they're playing four times? And we both looked at each other like, that can't be right, but it, it is right. <laughs> you didn't believe it, but it came from the Lakers officially. So I was like, all right. It's going to be a good money grab for Staples Center and Chase Center. Yeah, amazing. And it, and it sounds like both teams are really happy with it. Like, Yeah, both teams are really happy with it. But just to temper some fan expectations, I think at least for Tuesday, I don't think anyone really notable for the Lakers yeah. to play. I mean, Anthony Davis's injury is a whole other thing. But the fact that they played in China, I think LeBron and anyone that's of consequence is going to sit. And then, you know, Steph Curry going off for 40 points against Minnesota. Maybe this is the time to give Steph some rest. I know Steve Courage said at some point he'll at least rest one of them, so we'll see which one of the uh, many L.A. games it is for him to be on the sidelines. Thanks, Mark. Hey, thank you. All right, the great Mark Medina, USA Today, joining us here on 95.7 The Game, now on the West Coast Beat. Nothing like a little preseason load management. No, nothing, nothing like nothing it at all. Like it. Nothing like it at all. But when you've got that, you know, that, that preseason playoff series that the Warriors and Lakers are playing. I mean, strange. I've why never not? seen anything like it. Has Steve Kerr already tipped his hand as far as where the Warriors stand heading into the season? We'll get into that coming up. It's Ooh. JD and Whitey. Warriors this week, 95-7 the game. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. We're continuing our discussion of overrated and underrated NBA players. 888-957-9570 if you want to participate in that chat. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason with you until 1 o'clock here, Warriors This Week. It's the Warriors and the Lakers on Monday. 
from Staples Center and Wednesday and Friday. What? Friday back at Chase Center before the, the season's going to tip off here, actually, for real. We're, what, 12 days away now. Yeah. Interesting that uh, your good friend Mark Medina says they may not have had an x-ray machine in China where Anthony Davis got hurt. So, yeah, they call it a sprain, but perhaps they weren't able really to check on the extent of the damage. Reminds me of the terrible situation in Pittsburgh where uh, the cart wasn't functioning when they were trying to get Mason Rudolph off the field after a concussion. The cart wouldn't work. Yeah, so he had to walk off. Not good. No, not not good. And yeah, the the Lakers coming back from China, and then fingers crossed, right? They're yeah, they're hoping. Although again, Anthony Davis did stay in the game initially with this, right? With this injury, so it's it, it sounds like it's just a sprain. I cannot agree that Anthony Davis is overrated. I think he's phenomenal, easily one of the top eight players in the league. Anthony Davis or Paul George? As far as who just, I'd rather have, just who would you rather have? Oh, Anthony Davis. Okay, yeah. Just choose a better player. Yeah, but C.J. McCollum was a great call for our all underrated team. Yeah, I, I think I think he's Terrific on there. Call. Uh, I like watching Portland. They're they're a team the last few years. Hassan Whiteside now, right? Yeah, Hassan Whiteside comes over a little Nurkic insurance. Boy, that was an ugly injury. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that game and had lady friend there watching the game with a lady friend and. We're watching the game, and I saw it happen immediately. And I went, oh! And and she says, what, what, what? And I go, oh, that was just the most horrific injury you've ever seen. And she's like, what, really? And like they had already panned away from it. And then I was like, you know, do you really want to see it? Mm-hmm. And so I like paused the you know paused the ah. TV and rewound it back. And it and she's like, oh! <laughs> so it's the double. Like, right. I'm like, watch the big guy here. Right. Oh, it just, yeah. Limbs aren't supposed to bend in that direction. But yeah, it was one of the, and that was the first injury where, that I can remember like that, where I saw, like, I was just happened to be right there focused on it and saw it. And it just, it, yeah, it was cringeworthy. Well, I will say this, that's one of the things I admire about Paul George is the way he's come back from one of those absolutely sickening injuries of his own. Yes, and that was ugly. Compound yeah. fracture, one of oh. those where you, ugh, we didn't used to see those, and thankfully we haven't seen another one in a while. But and it took him a couple of years to to come back from that. Yeah, you know, Gordon Hayward's another one. Yeah, that had you know the first game of the year, uh, ugly, ugly, ugly in his first game and with Nurkic the Celtics. Was similar too, right? Yeah, Nurkic, ugly. Yeah, yeah, not good. And and you wonder if he's ever going to be the same as a big man, exactly, trying to come back from that, even though he's I think twenty four, twenty five years old. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Has Steve Kerr already tipped his hand mm. as to where the Warriors are going to have to go in terms of their roster and also in terms of a starting lineup? Because I think you could make a case, and this is going to sound crazy to say after two preseason games, but I think you could make a case that we saw the Warriors opening night lineup Thursday night at Chase Center. They'd love for that to be the lineup, right? I, I with with Lynn Curry Robinson and Russell and, and yeah. GR three, yeah, to go with Draymond Green and then Marquise, Marquise Chris, Chris of all things, a guy that was the eighth pick overall in 2016. I think Sacramento shipped him to Phoenix. They picked him for Phoenix as part of a prearranged deal right. where uh, they B- got Bogdanovich, Scal, yeah, this year, and they got uh, center that they've since parted. Ways with so yeah, but essentially Chris for Bogdanovich. That Bogdanovich is a rotation player for Sac, so that's worked out. But yeah, Chris just kind of bounced around and was 
was disappointing. And as you well know, he's from Sacramento, so a lot of Kings fans initially were very excited that he had been selected, and then they traded him right after that. Yeah, Pleasant Grove or Pleasant... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, one of those. But he was very raw when he was selected. He was seen as a real risk when he was drafted because he just was so young and wasn't hadn't developed yet. And he underperformed with, of course, with the Suns, got in foul trouble a lot. His rookie year, his numbers were, yeah, okay. But he's really been adrift. Last year he was with, what, I think he was with the Cavs and he was with the Rockets. So he looks like a totally different player right now, even though it's only two preseason games. And when you consider also that you have Warrior players who are – uh, going to Bob Myers and saying, you got to find a spot for this guy on the roster. He must be tearing it up in practice, too. And, and when you hear that, it, it makes me think of one thing. It makes me think, well, it's got to be Draymond. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it is, and, and Draymond is praised him. Of, but sure. the first guy I thought of was, well, Draymond wants him on the team. And, and, and Draymond's the guy that you'd probably trust among NBA players to, to make that decision as far as who fits and what. But, yeah, I, I mean, you saw... You saw Spellman got a shot in the first preseason game because he'd been around, and you, know, you, you give him a shot. He's on the depth chart. He was the next man up. Alfonso McKinney had been around last year, obviously, with the Warriors. He gets a shot at that three spot, and Steve Kerr said he wanted to reward both Chris and Glenn Robinson the third for the way that they've practiced, so he gave them the nod in game two and they look, both came through and they both came through and they both looked like they fit and the big thing that stood out to me whitey was the comments about their intelligence the comments about their basketball iq and the way they can fit in particular in the warriors offensive system those are two things that i don't think have been attached to either player before in their careers to this point right uh steve kurt talked about how glenn robinson was Conducting dribble handoffs to Steph Curry a couple of times. Interesting that that's what stood out to him. Uh, GR3 put up some big numbers, but Steve Kerr noticed the way he helped the offense uh, function. And Marquise Chris just looked so comfortable playing a position that he didn't used to play a lot, too. Yeah. I mean, he's essentially the center, right? Yeah, no, he's the center. Yeah. And yeah, you'd you'd play him. And, and now it, all, it, it leads you to think that they're going to have to figure out a way to keep him on the roster, which is... Another issue we were talking about right at the beginning of the show, the Warriors, to keep him on the rock, they are a hard-capped team. So if his salary is going to be added, they're going to have to take away salary in another fashion, either via trade or by letting go of a non-guaranteed player. And the non-guaranteed player is Alfonso McKinney. Yeah, and that's who you would part company with if you were the GM. Yeah, I think I would. It's just the simplest. I, I just, I don't... I still think Jacob Evans is somebody that you want to see what he can do. And and look, he hasn't flashed really in the in the two preseason games, but but he's somebody that they view as a level better than he was. Jordan Poole, I think he's been fantastic the he's first two games. And, the, and for a team that's going to need offense, uh and and I know they like Eric Pascal. Isn't it fair to think that Pascal can give you some of the things that McKinney gives you? And I know they're not the same player. I don't. You said Pascal. Yeah. I, I don't know about Pascal as a three, but they seem they seem to think he can play the three, and and they actually have talked about him more as a three than as a five. And I look at him as more of a four five. I think they look at him more as a three four, but. 
And again, it's position, you know, positionless basketball, so a lot, right. a lot of that, if you're 3-4... Those, those positions are not as clearly defined. It, it don't have to be, but I just... It, it, like, they, they wouldn't hesitate, it sounds like, to put him out there with Draymond Green and, say, Marquise Chris, or with Draymond Green and Willie Cauley-Stein and Curry and Russell. Do you think uh, McKinney, if he has a big game, he should get a chance to play a lot of minutes uh, in the next preseason game? You think he, he can still save a spot? Save his job? Yeah, I still think in a perfect world they'd like to keep McKinney. Just because of familiarity, because he's... Size, a, the, can rebound. Yeah, this is something, I mean, you pointed out, is just the fact that they just don't have... they got a lot of guys that are 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. A lot of guys that are 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and not as many that are... You know, in years past, they had more 6'8s. And now a lot of these... And, and that was a, you know... And let's not forget, J.D., one of your 6'7 guys, it turns out, is 6'6". Six, six. Right? Yes! We lost an inch. Yeah, the greatest six six center ever, right? Or six five center, whatever he said. Yeah, that's got to all be about gambling down the road, right? That's why the NBA went and decided they got to certify all the heights. It has to be something to do with covering your behind legally down the road when people are gambling um, more openly and more legally on your games. I hadn't given it that much thought. Otherwise, but... what's the? I don't, I don't know what the point would be. I hadn't given it that much thought. I thought, although I, I did. You've see, been around NBA players, haven't you? Where you know that guy's not as tall as he's supposed oh, to be. Yeah, yeah definitely. All the time. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said six five six six for Draymond. I really wouldn't have. I would have thought nah six seven six eight. But no, some of that is because of his presence. Yeah, he well, guys who have a certain presence seem taller than they no, actually and, are. And he he plays big. Yeah, I mean obviously, I mean he he's their best center for a number of years when they would go to that. That Hamptons five unit or that small lineup with Harrison Barnes, a death lineup. Do you agree with me? Some have said this. I'm not the first to say this. I'm not sure you agree, though, that Draymond's ability to hit three-point shots with more uh, accuracy and frequency is going to be really important to them. It is, and, okay. I, and I, I said I think, he's gonna, I think he is going to be significantly improved in the three-point shot, and it's, he's knocked a couple down in the early going that it made me think, uh, I think a lot of his problems have had to do with his shoulder and with his health. I think with his health, I also think and his know, back. I also think Draymond is smart enough to to know. And you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD One San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It's Warriors this week, JD and Whitey. It's hour number three of four. We're with you until one o'clock. I think Draymond Green is smart enough to know, and has been the last few years when Kevin Durant was in the fold. And you got Curry, you got Clay, you got Durant. I think he just at, at some point. Just said, ah, you know what? I, we got so much shooting, so much scoring. I don't even need to worry about it. I'm just gonna. I, I'm not even gonna worry about my shot because we've got so much of it in other areas that I'm just gonna focus on defense and moving the ball and and all the intangible things. And you're right, maybe he's a little bit banged up, but I think at some point he kind of went, ah, bleep it. I don't even care if my shot's working or not. Yeah, but you know, it's just so important in terms of getting the spacing. That well, now I think, but now I think, yeah, I, I should maybe finish that thought. Now I think he, he views it as, well, no, this team can't get away with me shooting twenty eight percent from three or what. You know, it, it's got to get back into the into the thirties. And by the way, not to get too caught up in numbers, but that's going to be big for Glenn Robinson too. Glenn Robinson had proven that he can make a three point shot last year with Detroit. His three point shooting fell off a cliff. He was well under 30%. So if he can get that back up into the mid-30s or better, I think he's got a great chance uh, to keep the small forward slot 
all season long. With yeah, the and he can. I mean, he can run the floor, and he just yeah. he athletically provides yes. them with something that that they just that they haven't had even in the years. You know when they've been a much better team, obviously because they've got you know so much skill with Durant and, and Clay Thompson and, and all of those guys, Iguodala. But he's somebody that I think he could provide a lob threat from the three, you know, from the three spot. And you saw him catch one the other night from from Stephen Curry. He he's pretty good. I in 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 terms of a fill the void type of a player, and, and maybe the Warriors have found something there with both of those guys and him and him and Chris. By the way, we've been talking about most uh, overrated players. You know, last April, NBA players participated in a poll. The Athletic asked NBA players who's the most overrated. Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook tied. Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns got votes. Harden, Ben Simmons, LeBron, and Kyle Lowry were third. And then others mentioned. Uh, Doncic got mentioned there. Uh, Ojale, Kyrie Irving, Hassan Whiteside. C.J. McCollum got mentioned for most overrated. Paul Millsap, Clay Thompson. Where's Paul George? Uh, yeah, I didn't see him. The yeah. players don't feel as you do that he is uh, overrated. Apparently, players like him. Interesting. No votes for Demarcus Cousins, Jason Tatum. Now, <laughs> uh, this was a, a let's see here. There are only forty-seven players voted. So yeah, small sample. Yeah, yeah, but interesting nonetheless. But telling, I could see that. How, how many Currys were there? I don't see Steph mentioned at all. Okay. That's good. And Clay was mentioned. Yeah, I think what you see more would be the players around Curry would be Draymond and Russ tied for first. Seventeen percent. Russ. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there with Russ. See, I, I again, Russ takes the heat. He took the heat with Durant. He took the heat with Paul George. I think Paul George is just as culpable for not uh, why why that didn't work, why they didn't get out of the first round. Hmm. I think it's just as much on Paul George as it is on Russell Westbrook. That's a team that's going to look so different, right? When you look at this year and what's going to be different about the NBA, Oklahoma City is going to be unrecognizable. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, still, and they're not bad. They're just not going to have the depth to be a playoff team. Their they're not bad. They're not good. Are, they're starters. I. Average to slightly better than average, I think. They're starters, but other than that. And uh, CP3 got a vote today, didn't he? He got a most overrated vote. I mean, he's getting up there. I think the game has passed him by to a degree. How so? Um, Well, he's small. He's uh, slowed down. And I know he can make threes, but I don't. You know, he's more of a mid-range jumper guy. Yeah. No, always, always has been. Yeah. Always has been, even with the Rockets. You see guys like uh, Dame Lillard and Steph stretching the floor and making 30-footers like it's nothing, and he's uh, CP3's never been that guy. Greg in San Francisco, our, our resident Draymond Green fan, LOL, how is Draymond Green going to be a better three-point shooter when he's actually being defended, unlike the previous three seasons? Who says he's going to be defended? I don't, I don't think teams are going to start defending Draymond Green. I think they're going to leave him open. Yeah. Well, it depends who else is making a three. But, but that could also that's be why a... it's so important for Glenn Robinson to make threes. Yeah. Then that's that's kind of what I'm getting at as far as that that starting lineup is. You know, and you were mentioning this too. We we haven't seen any teams really game plan the Warriors. No, they haven't really attacked them yet. They haven't really attacked him yet, and it's 
Other than the Lakers, which was simply a matter of just stand under the basket, JaVale or Anthony Davis were going to throw it to you. But in terms of going after individual players, we haven't seen that yet. And and just putting together a defensive game plan for, okay, we're not going to let Stephen Curry go off. So other guys are going to have to make shots. And that's something, I mean, that, like, if you look at the first two games, you saw how the Warriors can be successful some of the time and how they may have to be successful if period, which is Curry going nuts. And then you also saw in the first game how ugly I think it could be at times for this team early in the year in terms of lack of size and if the shots aren't falling. And you also look at who's out on the court, and if teams aren't going to let Curry beat them, You've got Russell and then maybe three non-shooters. That could become problematic as well. Fair point, but the counter to that, J.D., would be that first game, yeah, the Lakers uh, beat us up inside, but you got to throw that out because we didn't have any centers. We don't have our bigs. They're not available to us yet. So, of course, the Lakers dominated there, but it doesn't matter because when we get Kevon Looney playing again and we, we get Willie Colley-Stein, teams won't be able to do that to us. That's That's... In what do you theory, hope the case would be? That's what I think. That's what the Warriors are are hoping for. It's, where are you as far as finally? I mean, I say finally, but ha- having some semblance of a, a rotation, it, it it started to look already like it was taking shape a little bit in the game. On okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 